Welcome to Should We? Creative conversations about the everyday choices that make us. With Lisa Sanchez and Diana Kimball Berlin. Brought to you by MailChimp. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Diana. What should we talk about today? Well, I want you to ask the question. <laughs> we keep doing this. <laughs> okay. Should we do boy brows? Okay. Um, I think the answer for both of us is no. Let's get into it. It's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for our listeners who might not be familiar with the boy brow or who, you know, are new to it. Basically, this is like a big trend in beauty right now is like... Strong brows. Bold, bold eyebrows. I mean, there's a lot of information about it on the internet. There's like intense processes of like women working on growing out their eyebrows that they have plucked or waxed for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And boy brow specifically is a product from Glossier. That's how you say it, right? I guess so. Glossier, right. Glossier. Yeah. It's spelled like Glossier. Yeah. So so this is the whole thing. There, there are like all these products, new products related to eyebrows. Like I think they're new. I mean before it was like there are eyebrow pencils and like only – old ladies use them Mm -hmm. like they shave their eyebrows and then they like pencil on an eyebrow like it's weird Mm -hmm. or you use it if you're you you know you need stage makeup or something so like there's all this stuff now like boy brow Mm -hmm. which is like mascara for your eyebrows exactly and like this all came to a head for me uh in the process of testing wedding makeup where I came out of the wedding makeup trial looking like a straight-up wizard, like that's the only way I can say it. The eyebrows were so strong. And I was actually born with really thick eyebrows. And, you know, it's been a journey to, uh, like I practically plucked them all off when I was in middle middle school. Like really, it was just a thin line of individual hairs. And everyone would be like, are you plucking your eyebrows? And I'd be like, no, they just came this way. <laughs> they would be like growing back in patchily. And I was clearly lying. And like, that was, um, I was not a very good liar because I didn't have much experience. I only started lying in middle school and then <laughs> I quit and have never started again. Um, but uh, yeah, like I actually hid the family tweezers, which were like forgetting, they were not precise tweezers. They were tweezers for getting like a splinter out of your hand. I hid them in um, like the crevice of a chair in my room because I just needed access to the tweezers at all times and like I was embarrassed about what I was doing but also what I was doing was like self-evident it was a real problem so it sounds like you have some shame associated with eyebrows yeah but then I ended up in a pretty good place actually like they're a little thinner than I wish they were now but they're uh they're fine you know they're a pretty nice shape I have an eyebrow wax place that I really like very affordable um And, like, I think that if I had just had the eyebrows I was born with, I'd be fine with it. But somehow creating these, like, very strong, angular, 
very filled in, like bold is sort of the word, but just very solid eyebrows by way of makeup made me feel like not myself. Right. There's also this like a lot of like brushing them up. Mm-hmm. So they're like sticking up. Okay. Th- the thing is like, well, you didn't look like yourself either. And when you sent that picture, um, you know, you were in the process of like preparing your wedding, everything and the makeup and everything. So I was like, be sensitive. Don't don't be ridiculous, you know. But also I wanted to be like, OMG, what just happened? Yeah, right. And I also wanted to be like, should we fire your makeup? <laughs> um, and I also wanted to send you the episode of Girls oh. where this happens to Marnie. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? That's right. I do remember that. As soon as I got that picture, I watched oh. – I, I had to show a clip of that episode to Steven. I was like, this is what is happening right now. What should I do? <laughs> because the trend in that episode, the trend is contouring. <laughs> so they, like, do so much contouring to her face that she looks like a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that's the thing. I mean, it's boy brow. Like, it's all this stuff that for a lifetime, women our age have been told this is ugly. This Mm -hmm. is bad to have, like, bushy eyebrows, to have them stick straight up, to have them be very thick. I mean, there's this movie. I can't remember what it's called. It's a very um, cliche storyline. Where there's this girl that's super nerdy and not beautiful by stereotypical standards. And then one guy makes a bet with the other guy. I'm going to transform her. Mm -hmm. And then he like does – he like somehow arranges for her to have a makeover. The whole bet is about him like going out with her or something. And uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And – the big drama, the big dramatic moment of her makeover is that her frizzy hair gets straightened, her eyebrows get waxed, and they take away her glasses. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to cry right now because look at my face, Diana. Frizzy hair, glasses, and like whatever about my eyebrows, but I guess they were more wild when I was younger. You yeah. Know? And and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, wild eyebrows are in. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> is right because there's no going back, not really. Like you can't just turn back time. And we were doing what beauty standards told us to do. And for that to be reversed just seems like a capricious you know, vote in favor of people who haven't tried to fit in yet. <laughs> it just doesn't feel fair. It feels like, you know, beauty standards keep changing so that only the young who haven't made any decisions yet can fit them. I mean, that that's true. Yeah. Beauty standards change all the time. It's a trend. Mm-hmm. The eyebrow thing is a trend. So when they did that to your face, to your eyebrows, I was like, what are they thinking? It's for wedding, which is like, you take all these photos, which last a lifetime. So you don't want to do weird stuff that's super trendy right now that doesn't you don't naturally do that like three years from now you're going to be like, 
why did I do that? That trends over. Well, yeah, I felt super gaslit because I was like, I was trying to be my most level self.、Um, you know, I stood up. I was having my trial makeup done. Um, while seated at a level where I couldn't see a mirror, and so it was like a big reveal at the end, and I nearly screamed.、Um, but instead of screaming, I like brought it back inside, probably internalized it a little bit, and then I was like, "These eyebrows are very strong. That is not the look I'm going for, and we're going to need to change that for next time." And the makeup artist said, "Oh well, I mean, I, no, she didn't. It, like that was a tentative voice. Me like."、Mm, Trying to remember what she said. No, it was not tiny. It was like you really like. Please do me one favor. Like we can do whatever you want, but please do me a favor and just take a lot of photos today, because your eyes will not pop if we don't do strong brows. I'm just telling you, and like the photograph is really gonna change your mind. And I just stood there and I was like, I will take photos, but I'm very confident in this. The brow needs to be. Less extreme next time, and then I just went outside in the rain, put my hood up, and like cried until my、uh, fiance's family could pick me up. It's so dramatic, and like, why didn't they listen to you? That was the other reason why I wanted you to fire them. Yeah, well, I wanted to fire them too. I felt so angry, and then I was like, maybe this is life telling me a lesson about you know stating my needs. And so I came up with this whole scheme where I added someone to my wedding party, basically explicitly to、uh, watch the brows. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like, I barely made it through this episode of、um, firmly stating my opinion. I can't trust myself to. Have the wherewithal to do that on my wedding day. I need to externalize my preferences, and、uh, like any good friend of mine would be willing to do that. But what I really want and need is to nominate somebody who is always firm and always decisive,、uh, and also knows a lot about makeup to just like make sure this doesn't happen again. So that's how Jane. That was the inspiration for adding Jane to my wedding party, and I. It was a very good decision. So oh, she did such a great job, and she did so much more than brow protection. Way, way, way more. And it turned out that I really did.、Um, it was really valuable to me to have somebody who I totally trusted and who is very firm and decisive and opinionated,、uh, just like advocating for me. Like all the everyone in the wedding party did a lot of that, and like I knew that. A challenge I have is asking for what I need, and so having somebody who has preferences that I respect just made it a lot quicker. Like Jane, just like I would trust Jane to the end of the earth in terms of makeup. Like that is、mm-hmm. something that specifically I really trust her on. And so instead of having opinions, I could just be like, make sure nothing bad happens from your expert perspective. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm also really aware of the fact that like both of us are pretty、um, heteronormative and traditional about our eyebrows.、Mm-hmm. You know, like we have done a lot of plucking and stuff up to now, and I just feel like the eyebrow trend is like kind of I don't know. It's kind of annoying me because it's like like can everyone just have whatever eyebrows they want?、Mm-hmm. You know. But if you want to experiment with eyebrow products, you should. And if you want to pluck your eyebrows, you should. And if you don't want to pluck your eyebrows, you shouldn't. 
Yeah, I actually bought Boy Brow from Glossier before any wedding makeup episodes because I thought it might be a good – I thought it would be fun to experiment with. And I experimented mm-hmm. with it and I decided it wasn't for me at that yeah. point in time. And it, was, it wasn't fraught. It only became fraught when I was like paying a professional and the professional was – uh, was like pushing a trend on me yeah. when my whole goal was be timeless, look like myself, make sure that the photos aren't washed out. That's the other like watchword of makeup artists is they're like, you look super washed out in the photos. And I'm like, I don't really wear makeup on a daily basis. And so it's like, yeah, the other photos are, you know, I don't see it's hard for me to see the catastrophe because I just don't live that catastrophe daily. Like I already probably look washed out for their definition of washed out at all times. But that's what it means to look like myself for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you could also have wedding photos where you don't have any makeup and that would be just as great. Yeah. But you decided you wanted some. Yeah, I wanted some. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, like, this has now become about much more than brows, but the beauty industrial complex is, like, I'm very pro-experimentation, I'm very pro-self-expression, I'm very anti-trends, because trends to me just say we're switching things up regularly so that you can all, you'll always be wrong, and you'll always be left wanting. Wow. And then there's another perspective on trends, which is, like, new fodder, new inspiration, new ideas to play with. The problem is when the trends become like so strong that there's like so much pressure to conform to Mm -hmm. the trend. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, can I tell you about a recent beauty experience that was good? So I gave myself an artist date. Um, I want to put like a footnote. If you don't know what that is, you can just check the artist's way or listen to our previous episodes. <laughs> um, uh, I took myself on an artist date just browsing around shops in the neighborhood. And um, I went to um, uh, one brand of beauty products. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, never. And, well, anyways, I went to one that has a lot of eyebrow stuff going on. So I went in there. I was like, could you do some eyebrow stuff on me? See, what, I want to see what it's like. I was just curious. And um, so they did some eyebrow stuff. And they said it was like medium. Like not, we're not going to go extreme. We're going to keep it natural. <laughs> they like do this stuff to my eyebrows. And I'm like, it was like fine. But it looked like I had stage makeup on. Like I'm going to go on a TV show or be in a play or something. And I'm like, this is too obvious for my everyday life. I wear makeup, but I want it to look natural. So I was like, yeah, no, not going to buy any of these tools. Then I kept going, trying other stuff. I went, then I went to Sephora and I just tried everything. Oh my goodness. I find it so fun to try all the smells, all the textures, all the colors. And I found fuchsia lipstick that looks fabulous oh. on me. I can't wait to show you a picture, Diana. Fuchsia. Fuchsia. Can you believe that? No, but I'm so happy you figured it out. Yeah, it's it's called, the brand is Anastasia. And the, the color is sugar plum. And if you also have olive skin and green eyes, it might look fabulous on you. Just saying. 
Well, and I tried to approach the whole wedding experience with a spirit of curiosity and experimentation regarding makeup. I even like knew myself. I knew that I would get very, the stakes would feel very high when I went for my makeup trial because it was on the East Coast and I live on the West Coast and I would only get one shot. Um, And so I found a makeup artist in San Francisco whose style I really liked and went to her for a lesson, basically. And the lesson wasn't how can Diana apply wedding makeup on a daily basis. It was like, please do wedding makeup on me in a low stakes setting and tell me what words describe what you're doing. (laughs) And it ended up being a lot more than that. Like I found a brand I really liked, which was... um, you know, it was partly coincidence. It was partly by design that I I picked a makeup artist whose pictures looked like what I was going after. And it turned out that she used to work in-house for a makeup brand uh, called Laura Mercier. And so, uh, you know, I found that brand. Um, she gave me, like, the list of products afterward. And I ended up buying a bunch of them and just bringing that to the makeup artist in upstate New York, which seemed like it would lower the variability and lower the risk. Um But the thing she told me was, I was like, I always say I want to go natural, but it seems like results from, quote unquote, going natural very wildly. And she was like, yeah, that's because going natural is what people say when they're scared of makeup. And so a makeup artist hears that and is like, just responds to it based on their own, you know, their own vibe, their own, their own um situation maybe they like maybe they decide to go more conservative or maybe they're just like they don't listen and they're like okay well I'll show I'll show them what natural but better looks like and I totally respect that being a makeup artist like you do makeup all day every day and you want some interest as well you want to keep it interesting and you know use your art you know use your skill to make things better than they were before so maybe going natural is also kind of boring but what this uh it what, depends on the definition of better too Right. Totally. Like, uh, I'm just trying to empathize with makeup artists, but I'm doing a poor job because I was so angry at this moment. You're doing a great job. Keep going. Um, So anyway, so this person, uh, this person who I went to in San Francisco was like, oh, like natural is not is not specific enough for a makeup artist. Soft and pretty seems like the words that will get you what you want. Um, And that, Mm -hmm. in my experience afterward, proved pretty true, like soft and pretty. It seems, again, like I didn't feel great about saying that because I was like, maybe I should be a courageous bride. Maybe I should be a bold bride, you know, but like soft and pretty uh, caused the makeup artist to like accept my tone. It made it sound like I knew what I wanted and what I wanted was just like to be beautiful, you know, to just like not take that many risks and Mm. basically just like be myself. but with slightly more color saturation. Diana, you did look soft and pretty for your wedding. <laughs> and also this is this is another interesting thing about makeup which is that it can be a way to try on different masks, different mm-hmm. like uniforms, different like ways of showing up in the world, which which I think is great when it's fun but not when it feels like a burden. Yeah, and I had such a good experience doing the wedding makeup lesson that I want to go back and do like a workday makeup lesson just because I think that uh, I there was a wedding is this funny time where so much energy and planning 
and money can go if you want into like making one day a peak experience um, and being your peak self for your definition of peak self for one day. And I decided that on my wedding day, yeah, I wanted to look and be soft and pretty and open to the experience. And I'm really interested in experimenting with bolder looks and taking risks and being more edgy and figuring out what edgy means for me. And so uh, like I love that that's a door that's open to me. But I don't want to go it alone. You know, I had a great experience going to somebody who's a true artist who I was able to interact with in a low stakes way um, to figure out, like, what is my comfort zone and how can I push on it just a little bit with intention? Mm -hmm. That also reminds me of what I like about Rent the Runway Unlimited (laughs) and Rent the Runway in general, which is the idea that you can try styles that would feel risky to invest in as a purchase or like impossible but fun to play with for a little while Mm -hmm. I love that and in general I think that experimentation I'm totally bought into experimentation being the doorway to greater self-expression and self-knowledge you know but experimentation can be scary when it's expensive or it feels high stakes so how can we bake experimentation into our daily existence. Exactly. Can I tell you something about my own wedding? Yeah. Which was almost five years ago. Um, It reminds me, like, I guess I kind of want to draw a little contrast in in the experience I had with, with makeup and just general self-care leading up to my wedding. Um, I... I just didn't do anything. (laughs) And I was very, I kept telling myself, we had a six-month engagement. And during that time, like, I graduated from grad school, moved twice, tried to find a job. That was hard. Like, I had a lot of other stuff on my plate. And I was also, like, very committed to not changing anything about myself in just because of the wedding I was like I am who I am and I'm just gonna show up on my wedding day the same way I always do and that I think I was trying to resist the wedding industrial complex I think I really was trying to figure out how to just like be myself um and um in some ways uh, Like, I I don't really have any regrets about my wedding. Like, I really like how it was, and um, I like how I was. There's one thing I, (laughs) when I look back, okay, there's two things, actually, that I look back on with, like, some little bit of regret. So one is the peach cobbler disappeared, like, I think. Peach cobbler disappeared. There was supposed to be cake and peach cobbler. The peach cobbler ended up like hidden under a table or something, lost, and found only after the reception was over. So that's like a little bit sad, but a funny story. Um, and then the other thing is I didn't do I didn't have any help with my hair or makeup. And that was because I ran out of money. And I was trying to also blend that with this narrative of like, I'm just going to be myself the way I always am. And then on the day of the wedding, like, 
I feel pretty confident doing my own makeup. So that was like fine. Um, and I, I like makeup for settings like that. But I kind of lost it about my hair inside. Like I was just so sad inside. I was like, I wish my hair looked better. It's a humid day and I'm at a loss for doing something nice with my hair. And I like don't like my hair in the pictures. Um, and But I just try not to look at it. And I try to, when I look at the pictures, I try to look at all of the other things that are so wonderful, like my my husband with his kind look in his face. Mm -hmm. And, um, but anyways, I think that sometimes n n the no makeup narrative can also be oppressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And part of what that story brings up for me is like how we justify whatever we ended up doing as a coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. for me, I was on this track of, you know, how to be my peak self for the day of my wedding. But actually the coping mechanism in play was I've learned about myself that I will get really harsh with myself under stress unless I'm sure that I'm uh, unless I'm sure that I'm, like, making progress. Like, as long as I'm making any progress, it checks that box for me and I can be at peace with myself. That's, like, a pretty stiff condition for being at peace with myself. But it's the thing I know about myself right now. I expected the whole wedding journey to be extremely stressful, and it was. And I was very glad that by the time I got to my wedding day, there was nothing more that I could have done. You know, I had maxed out and because there was nothing more I could have done, I erased the potential for regret at extreme expense, you know. And so I, part, I partly wish that I could have been more like, let's play with some variables more and let's make sure that I'm doing each thing for the right reasons. But at that point, like in order to manage my own emotions and stress, I was like, I'm going to do everything for the wrong reason with a good story and just pay for it. And that's what felt possible for me at the time. That was like the coping mechanism that I had the resources for. And it meant that I could avoid getting to the bottom of like, why do I insist on maximal effort to be at peace with myself? Mm. So uh, this is where we got to from should we do boy brow? <laughs> yeah. I kind of love that. Yeah, me too. Me it's, too. It's pretty unexpected, this destination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. What does it mean to be at peace with ourselves? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to Women's Audio Mission for recording and editing this episode. Should We is also now a leadership coaching studio, so if you'd like to work with me or Lisa or both of us, uh, you can write to us at hi at shouldwe.co and we'll kick things off. Bye!